Hi, welcome to today's episode of Topical Brainstorm. I'm Garrett, one of your hosts. I'm here with Christian Larson, your other host. How are you, Christian? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm honestly super tired. (laughs) Yeah, I am too, actually. Yeah? I had my first day of class today and uh, rode the tracks up to campus, so that was an experience, but I had to get there at like 6.20 in the morning. So uh yeah I'm pretty wow. tired I'm pretty tired too. <laughs> why why did you take such an early class? Is that the only one they had available? Yeah, I mean there I didn't really have options. They give it at one time, so. <laughs> well, that sucks, man. The good news, the good news is I only have it once a week on campus and then on Thursday because of COVID, I just get to watch it in a Zoom meeting from my house, so. Nice. Is that one also that early though? I mean, 7.30, because I don't have to Ooh. commute, but yeah, 7.30 is when the class starts. So, Wow. Dude, my first class isn't till, like, the first time I actually have to be somewhere for a class is on Wednesday, and it's a Zoom meeting as well. Yeah. And so, and so I have a lab on Mondays, but I don't have that for, like, the first three weeks of school. Okay. And then I have that one Zoom meeting once a week, and then the rest is just online. Yeah. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Super crazy. Well, today we're uh, discussing another chapter of how to win for, uh, how to win friends and influence people. Um, what did you think of the chapter? Um, I liked it. We're actually doing two chapters. Um, yes unprecedented in topical (laughs) brainstorm history but yes (laughs) yeah i thought they were really good um i mean as all these chapters have been there's definitely a takeaway from each one and i definitely think that there were some important things said in these chapters yeah so the first chapter is entitled how to how to make people like you instantly uh, which is a pretty strong title. No, wait, that's the that's the second chapter. Yeah, right? yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the first the first chapter is how to interest people, which I think is a good topic. I mean, it goes along with the last chapter super well. The last chapter was be a good listener, encourage others to talk about themselves. So this chapter is all about talking about other people's interests. So, and that goes along, in my opinion, with having encouraging people to talk about themselves. Yeah, for sure. They definitely go hand in hand. And it's a really short chapter. Um, so he doesn't tell as many stories as usual. One story he did tell that I liked, he talks about um, a man who wanted to get another man rich guy to send one of his boy scouts to a jamboree in europe yes and instead of so he had a meeting with this guy and it was one of those where he you know he had five minutes or whatever of the guy's time to to present himself and instead of talking about instead of just coming out and be like hey send one of my boy scouts to europe it'll be a great experience or whatever um instead he talked to the rich man about his interests. So he talked to him 
Um, <coughs> sorry, got something in my throat. Okay. Um, he talked to him about this check for a million dollars that he had heard of. So the rich guy just like wrote a check for a million dollars um, and framed it just, you know, to be cool, I guess. That's probably like having a hundred dollar bill as a, as a kid, you know. Did he um, write it or did he receive it? I can't remember. I think he wrote it and then just like canceled it and kept it himself and framed it, you know? Like I don't think it actually uh-huh. from my understanding, but maybe yeah, maybe. I can't remember either. Yeah. But uh yeah, so we talked to him about this check. What happened after that? So he walked into the office. The first thing he said was, hey, I heard you have a check for a million dollars. And he admired it. And he um, he kept, you know, complimenting it and just acting really excited about that check for a million dollars. And um, the guy was obviously flattered. And um, he ended up, after they talked for a really long time, he asked, he asked the man, why would you come to see me anyway? And, and then the guy brought up the Boy Scout and the rich man sent not only one boy, but five boys and the guy he was meeting with to Europe. Plus like a credit of a thousand dollars to stay in Europe for seven weeks. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. He also, that the rich dude actually met them in Paris as well to show them around. That's right. Yeah. Which is super cool. <laughs> like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And a thousand dollars, in back like, then in a credit yeah that's so much money i should have looked up the conversion rate or whatever over time yeah no that's crazy the appreciation but yeah tons of money so um one little example of how he walked in and instead of talking about what he wanted or what he was interested in he just went straight into something he knew that guy cared a lot about um and through that he got what he wanted um and he obviously built a good relationship with the guy. Yeah, for sure. I really liked how he opens up this chapter too. I he's talk he talks about I think it was Teddy Roosevelt, right? Yeah. Um and he talks about why people like Teddy so much and it was because whenever Teddy knew someone was coming to visit, he would stay up late and study the topics that he knew that person was interested in. So he'd have something to talk about with them. Um, and so he could understand what was being said to him when he asked about that, that stuff, which honestly is brilliant. Yeah. Like I've never thought about doing anything like that, but absolutely brilliant. Yeah. That's a good idea. And, um, like you said, it goes hand in hand with the, the last chapter we read about encouraging others to talk about themselves. Yeah. Just kind of another step in that is talking about themselves and talking about, you know, their interests. Yeah. And obviously you got to listen and apply a lot of these other principles, but that's definitely an easy way. I think especially for like me, I'm not the most talkative person. I don't love small talk, but if I can get it. <laughs> If you can get someone else talking about what they like, you know, it's it's a lot easier, I think. Yeah. Um, and Teddy Roosevelt took it to the next level where he would study it out and stuff. And that's I think that's a great thing, too. But yeah, 
I think my so the the principle of this chapter at the end says talk in terms of the other person's interests. I think now that I know to do that, it's going to be a lot easier to do. I think the hard part is still going to be for me figuring out what those interests are. So like Teddy, when when he had someone coming over, he already knew those interests somehow. How do you figure out people's interests? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Teddy Roosevelt was meeting with famous people and they were more well-known, right? Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. I do think, I agree with you. I think that's a hard thing, um, especially when you're first meeting someone. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe maybe you ask have to ask them questions, you know, like ask them about their hobbies, what they like to do. Yeah. I've I've noticed a lot of people when you ask that are pretty vague, though. They are. Like they, they don't. It's weird. Like they want to talk about themselves, and I know they want to talk about themselves, but they don't want to come off in a way where they seem like they want to talk about themselves, you know? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. And that's a thought I had as well. And one idea that came to my mind to fix that would be, you know, showing genuine interest, you know? Yeah. If someone, like back in college, if someone had asked me that, a lot of times I think I said I like to play spike ball, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd say that all the time. (laughs) We got got way into spike ball. Yeah, spike ball is fun. So fun, right? But... Yeah. If if someone responds to that like, oh, that's cool. I, I think I played spike ball once. You know, that kind of kills that talking point, I think, because you don't want to like drag on about spike ball to someone who is lukewarm toward it. But yeah, if someone responds and they're like, oh, yeah, I love spike ball, you know, or like if someone responds and says, oh, I've never played. Like, how do you play? Like, depending on how you respond to that person's hobbies, I think that makes a huge difference in getting someone to talk about it or not. Yeah, that's true. And that's, again, that's not the easiest thing to do always when someone brings up a hobby. Cause a lot of times people bring up hobbies that you actually like that. I just don't care about. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, and you, and you don't want to, you don't want to fake like you care about something, but yeah, Try to find yeah. something that interests you and uh, just ask them a good question. And I think that yeah. goes a long way. No, I think you're right. There's something about boring ho- – there's something interesting about boring hobbies that you can ask, I'm sure, that, you, <laughs> that can make it interesting, you know, that can engage you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And engage them, which is way more important. Yeah, for sure. I think that segues well into the next chapter. I think we need to pause real quick. and uh, Okay. I need to ask you if you ever talked to your coworker. Funny story. Um, we said hello today, uh, but I was in the lab most of the day. Mm-hmm. Um. And then when I left the lab, she it was time for her to go home. She had a short shift today. So I did not get to have a real conversation with her. <laughs> but I promise you I will. You said that last time. I know, time. I know. Just keep just follow up one more time. All right. <laughs> All right. I will continue to follow up. How'd your job interview go? Okay, yeah. So I I needed to talk about that. I um I think I mentioned 
two episodes ago in the episode about people's names that I had a job interview that I felt very unqualified for, but I tried to use the guy's name, right? I tried to... Yeah, you just kept repeating it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, oh, I didn't... was it Josh and Camille or something? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> um, Rob and Rob. Maria, I believe. Yes. Anyway, I had... I did have another interview with a different, you know, a different position that I did feel much more qualified for. But success story, I was actually offered the job for the first one. No. (laughs) (laughs) What? I know. (laughs) Did you take it? Well, so he called me today. I found out just this morning at like 8 a.m. And, and he was like, I need to know by the end of the day. And, by 5 p.m., I'd, like, called my parents and talked to them. I'd talked to my wife, and I was still just, like, really unsure. Like, a lot of pros and cons yeah. to, to this job. But So I called them, and I was like, hey, can I have, you know, can I call you tomorrow morning and just have a little more time, sleep on it? And, um, I think I'm going to accept it. It's going to... Good for you, man. That's a good job. It's going to make the next year of my life pretty busy. Yeah. Um, and like I mentioned before, it's it's nothing like I've done before. It's like meeting with city councils and stuff. Dude, awesome, though. That'll be – that's a good in, dude. But, yeah. That's sweet. I'll, I'll learn a lot of skills, I'm sure. Regardless, I need to give complete credit to Del Carnegie and his chapter on – Wow on using people's names because that's the only reason I got off of the job. (laughs) So um, I, in a roundabout way, would like to take my credit now because this podcast was my idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's also true. (laughs) Uh, That's funny, dude. Good for you. That's super awesome. Yeah. It was very unexpected. Yeah. I like... I I missed his call the first time and I called him back and he's like, Hey, it's Rob. And I was like, okay, you're just calling me to tell me I didn't get the job because that's what he said he'd do. Yeah. And then he's like, we want to offer it to you. I was like, Whoa, Whoa. (laughs) That's sweet. Good for you, man. Way to use the, the principles in the book. Yeah. And make them work for you. That's (laughs) sweet. Yeah. Um, do you have any success stories in any, you know, realm of your life? In any realm of my life. I don't know if realm's the right word, but No, it's a good it's a good word. Uh not really. I've been texting this girl a lot, who I think is super pretty and super cool. Uh who I don't really stand a chance with for many reasons. The biggest one being that she's leaving on a mission. Oh, one of those. Yeah. But uh, I've just been using the principles in the book and, like, encouraging her to talk about herself and um, have talked about things that she likes. And we've had a lot of really good conversations. Like, I've been genuinely interested in in the stuff she has to say. Um, today at work, I had a really good conversation with a coworker and got to know her a lot better by just uh asking her about herself and having her talk about herself and it was it was really cool she's really nice i gave her a a very gen she's like the nicest person i ever know i've ever met like genuinely super nice 
And I told her that today and I think it like caught her off guard a little bit, but she was like, you know, like she enjoyed the compliment. So that's good. <laughs> nice. You're so, applying. Yeah. You're applying all sorts of principles from this book. Yeah. Um, I mean, none of them have gotten me a job yet, but <laughs> <laughs> they will, I'm sure, one day. Well, you already have a job. I have two, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have two. You need you need them to get you a date, is what you need. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. We have, we have different focuses in life, but uh, I'll, I'll keep checking up on that as well. <laughs> yeah. No, I should be more concerned than I am about my dating life for sure. <laughs> I mean, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Yep. Dating's hard. Yeah, it is. My hobbies just include making money. <laughs> making money, basketball, and making things. I like building things. Like I think that's why I wanted to do this podcast really bad was because I thought it would be fun to to make it and see it grow, hopefully, and, and to learn stuff from from the books that we read. Yeah. I think... I agree. I think we're doing that. You know, I need fun. I need the audience's help here as well. I'm trying to convince my my family members to um, start another podcast with me, <laughs> where uh, I want my brother, my brother-in-law Nate, with whom I have another podcast called Deeper <laughs> Thinking. It's really good, and my other brother-in-law Lance to uh, have a podcast where we review chick flicks. I think it would be really funny and really, really cool. So I'm trying to convince them. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I think it would be really funny coming from like four dudes. <laughs> so like, I just think it would be funny and people would listen to it and listen to what we have to say. So, Yeah, I've never listened to a podcast with four co-hosts. I haven't either probably quite a learning curve to share the time and everything you know yeah it'd probably be really hard to edit maybe i should just do it with one of them <laughs> me and my brother-in-law might have a segment on our podcast if i can't get the other two on board we're just gonna have a segment on our podcast every three weeks or so where we review a chick flick <laughs> nice so yeah that's, it'll be good <laughs> How many are there? Are there enough chick flicks? Ah, there are so many. Dude, there's so many. Like, (laughs) my brother was like, "I'm in," but we have to compare them to the books. Oh, geez. And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't have enough time to read all the books, (laughs) man. Like, I can watch movies, and that's it." Yeah, that's too much work. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, long tangent. I hope y'all enjoyed it, audience. I'm glad you got that job, dude. That's sweet. That's way cool. Yeah, it's it's especially because you uh, <laughs> were not qualified for it, which makes it funnier. I really was. I really. I'm worried. I'm just gonna get roasted. Out You're there, not gonna but. get roasted. So I'm not qualified for the lab job I have either. But I have like Austin, my roommate, is there, and he helps a lot. So you'll pick it up way 
way quicker than you think, especially because there's probably going to be like a how to do it, you know, like they won't just hang out to dry. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I felt like this multiple times in my life and I'm still alive, you know? Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So plus you have the principles in this book to help you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Positive thinking. Dude, I want to hear some more. I'm tired of being the only one with work stories, man. I want to hear your work stories. I'll probably have some now that I have a job again. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not working from home and alone all the time. So It'll be good, man. I'm all excited. Right. <laughs> all right. So that segues us into, not really, but we'll use it as a segue into the next chapter. <laughs> How to make people like you instantly. Oh, this will be good for you, dude. <laughs> like, you can use these this principle so well to help uh, help all these people instantly like you that you meet. Hopefully. So is this like an accounting job? No. <laughs> it oh. Is, it's not. It's, it's like a, it's a non-profit company that works with the government to basically build programs that help the under, you know, underprivileged communities. And it's, it's a lot of things like helping minority business owners, like understand what resources they can get and, um, you know, social programs. I know you hate those. I do. (laughs) It's, It's related to that. So yeah, nothing I've like I've ever done before. And, uh, I think it'll be really interesting to get some experience and just see what's see what that's like. Um, uh, so, what time are you calling this guy tomorrow? I'm calling him at seven thirty in the morning. You better not make a second past that. He might offer it to someone else. Yeah, he, he when I called him at five tonight, he he basically said that he was like, "We got one other candidate who's interested, so we can't put this off too long." And I was like, "I'll call you." First thing in the morning, he's like, okay. Nice. I hope he answers. Otherwise, it's going to be real awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. How to make people instantly like you. <laughs> what do you think about the chapter? <laughs> I I really liked this chapter. I think I think throughout the, the rest of the book, until unto this point, he he'd been saying all these principles and we'd mentioned multiple times that they could be easily turned to manipulation. But in in each chapter leading up to this, he was always like, but it's gotta be sincere, but it's gotta be real, you know? Yeah. Which it it was starting to almost feel like an afterthought, you know, the sincerity part, Um, which is why I loved kind of the start of this chapter. He, he talks the story about, um, a clerk and he, the clerk just looked unhappy. So as he's walking up to this clerk, um, he's like, what's something I admire about this guy. So as he walks up to the clerk, he says, I cert, I certainly wish I had your head of hair. Um, and the clerk just, you know, he, he beams, he smiles. He's like, it's not as good as it used to be, but it's, it's still pretty good. Huh? Like anyway, he, he obviously made the guy's day. Um, and the guy also said, many people have admired my hair, you know, so it's... Yeah. And it was something the guy liked about himself, right? But... You know, I'm waiting for the day when somebody compliments me on my head shape, because 
<laughs> I think I I think it's a nice dome, dude. Like <laughs> it's good. And I'm just waiting. No one ever says it. I I think it to myself every day like, "Man, look at that dome." <laughs> I have definitely said that to you before. Have you? I mean, maybe not those exact words, but I've told you I've told you many times that you look good with a buzz with a shaved head. All right. That's that's fair. I'll accept that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, well played, sir. Thank you. I mean, I mean, you're no Dallin H. Oaks. No, but. that dude, that guy's dome, man. Like <laughs> s- the kaput on that guy. <laughs> per- perfection. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Uh. So at the end of the story, so Dale Carnegie told that story to somebody, right? And he told that story at one point, And when he was telling that story, a guy asked him, what did you want to get out of him? What did you want to get out of the store clerk? And Dale Carnegie was like, what was I trying to get out of him? And then he said, if we are so con, oh shoot, I don't know how to say this word. Contemptibly. I think I got it. Contemptibly <laughs> selfish that we can't radiate a little happiness and pass on a bit of honest appreciation without trying to get something out of the other person in return. If our souls are no bigger than sour crab apples, we shall meet with the failure we so richly deserve. Um, so I, I think I didn't realize it, but I've kind of been waiting for him to say something like this. That's just like, you don't always have to try to get people, get something out of people. You can just, you know, spread some happiness and some appreciation and compliments with no ulterior motive, you know? Yeah, for sure. I really, I really liked that he finally said that because it was starting to feel, yeah, like it was a little bit of an afterthought to be sincere. But he addressed that. I really liked it. And uh, I liked a lot of other things in this chapter, too, that we'll get to. Yeah. So I I think the principle... So um, the the title of the chapter is How to Get People to Instantly Like You. The principle at the end is um, always make people feel important or always make the other person feel important. Um. And you don't always have to be trying to get something from someone to make someone feel important or good. There's a part in the chapter where he talks about, he, I, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's something like how many lives would be different if one person just made one other person feel important. And that's so true. Like people just need, they, they, we as humans want to feel this importance and when we make other people feel important, especially when we're not trying to get anything, it, it just really means a lot and it can really change someone's life and outlook on life. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think, and this is the last chapter in part two. And I do think it was kind of a summary in a sense of, everything we've read so far. I agree. Cause all the other principles applied will make someone feel important. Um, and another quote that he talked about, he said, so let's obey the golden rule and give unto others what we would have others give unto us. How, yeah. when, where the answer, it, don't interrupt me. Just kidding. <laughs> um, 
to finish the quote, how, when, where? The answer is all the time, everywhere. So I liked that. Um, I think that that if I'm saying that too much, if everyone applied that, like you said, it would change lives. And um, you don't always have to be trying to make a friend or influence somebody or get something to make people feel important, like you said. All right. So I propose a challenge. Oh, boy. For this in between the recording of this episode and our next one. Should it be longer than... I think if we record again, today's what? Uh, Tuesday? Tuesday. So when we record again, it's probably going to be like this weekend or later. So in between that time, I think we should each offer somebody a sincere compliment and report back to each other on how it goes. I like it. So I'm going to write that down. Is is there anything else you'd like to add to the challenge? Um, no. <laughs> this is your challenge. I'll just I'm along for the ride. Okay. <laughs> um, or maybe it doesn't have to be a compliment, but apply the principle of making someone feel important. Um, and you can do that, like you said, by doing anything in these chapters that we just read, these last six chapters, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. All right. What else do you think about the chapter? So another thing he mentions, I'll quote him again. He said, you don't have to wait until you are an ambassador to France or chairman of the Clambake Committee of your lodge, whatever that is, before you use this <laughs> philosophy of appreciation. You can work magic with it almost every day. Um, I thought that was a good reminder, something I'm sure everyone's heard before, but you don't have to have power over anybody or have authority over anybody um, to make someone feel important. You know, I think if you do have authority over someone, if someone's boss, if you make someone under you feel more important, maybe it means more, you know? Yeah, like maybe. A, like a teacher, you know, when a teacher makes you feel important, that's it. Maybe that means more than a peer or something. But, you know, always depends on the situation. Regardless, I like that quote because you can really apply this to every single person you interact with, even if they are, you know, even if they're your boss, um, you can apply it to everyone and I'm sure everyone you meet wants to feel important and I'm sure everyone you meet um, I'm sure there's a way you can find to make them feel important so it's a principle that can be applied in, in every single interaction you have with anybody which I like yeah no I agree um, there was a part in the book where you talked about um, how everyone that you meet thinks in some way that they are superior to you. Mm -hmm. um, and then he goes on to talk about uh, the, it was Emerson that said, um, every man is superior to me in some way. And that I learn of him. Mm -hmm. 
if someone thinks they're superior to you, I mean, sometimes they're not. Sometimes people are just full of themselves. And he even says that in the book, that a lot of times when someone comes off like that, um, they're often not superior to you. But in a lot of ways, people are. Um, and why not let them know that you know that they are, you know? <laughs> I just said you know like four times. But uh, if you let them know that, then um, and let them know that you're willing to learn from them, I think that is the ultimate form of appreciation. Yeah, I liked how you mentioned both of those principles and they're kind of opposites of each other, but not totally. Um, and I agree with what you said. Um, we might as well let those people know if we see something, you know, you see someone, you notice something that they're good at. They're better than you at that thing. Like, why not let them know that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to make them like you. It's going to um, make them feel important. And it's probably going to make it easier to to conversate with them too, which is another yeah. goal in um, winning friends. So it's a win-win, a win-win-win. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I liked um, I liked that principle for sure. I liked the story he told of George. Uh, it was of James Adamson who went to visit George Eastman, who was the, the guy who invented the, the transparent film that made motion pictures real, basically. It made them able to exist, this transparent film that he created. And James Adamson was a chair salesman who just wanted to sell this guy like $90,000 worth of chairs basically for all of his um, hospitals and all of the, the music things that uh, schools that he was, that this George Eastman guy was building. So he goes to Eastman's office and the, the clerk outside the, or the secretary outside the office tells him, well, I know you want this account. If you want this account, keep it as short as possible. Um, he likes people that respect his time, and that's your best shot of getting this account. So he goes in, and instead of staying five minutes like he was told, he just admires the room and says, said, wow, this is one of the most beautiful offices I've ever been in. And Eastman, George Eastman said, yeah, I often forget that. Um, it is quite beautiful. And then he shows him around the whole office and he talks to him for, um, a couple hours just about what he is trying to do with all the hospitals that he's building and about how he's trying to help the community with his money. And, um, James Adamson just listens the whole time. And then eventually George asks him if he wants to go back to his house and look at some chairs that he brought, bought in Japan. And then he goes back, they have lunch, they look at the chairs that 
um, this George guy was so proud of because he painted them himself. Like he repainted them himself. And long story short, James Adamson ends up getting the $90,000 account for all the chairs because he became this guy's friend. He became George Eastman's friend just simply by being interested in him. Yeah. I, I thought that was a great story. Um, especially cause all, all he did when he walked in was, you know, he'd been, like you said, he'd been told that he had a time limit to make it fast, but he, he ignored that. And he just talked about how pretty his office was, you know, like that was, yeah. the seg- that was a segue into that whole relationship. Um, which went so much further beyond just business. Like you said, they became close friends until, until Mr. Eastman's death, it says, which, yeah. Um, is an awesome story of, you know, an example of this principle and how he made, he made Mr. Eastman feel, um, important, right? He made him feel like his hobbies were important and made him feel valued. Yeah, for sure. I I've loved the last six chapters in this book, the part two of this book of how to win friends has just been so it's been a nice refresher on a lot of things that have been common sense. And there's been a lot of gems that I've been able to pick out that I just haven't really thought about before. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I should do a better job of writing those gems down. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, just the concept of always making someone feel important perfectly sums up, as you said, all of the these last chapters. If you are willing to let people talk about themselves and um, learn their names and learn about them, that's really all all you need to do, and then you'll you'll be a great friend to a lot of people. Yeah, I. Yeah, I'm impressed with um impressed with this book overall, you know. It's like each chapter is is common sense, but there are things that we so easily forget to do. Yeah. And for sure. I mean, I think we've both been trying to apply these principles, but I do think that each one is important and each one has helped a lot in in my interactions with people. Yeah, I agree. I'm still working on the smiling, you know. But Yeah, you're terrible at that, man. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't I don't smile either, and I think it's because I don't like my teeth very much. Oh, really? Yeah, I well, it's just something I noticed like I've never really had great teeth. So, I just like when I do smile, it's like a, a little smile, you know. So I should just start going for it, though. Yeah, I mean, I've never once thought to myself that your teeth were weird. I've never hmm. known never known you were insecure about that. I didn't think I ever realized it until recently. And I was like, huh, I should smile more. And then I was like, huh, why don't I? <laughs> and that's what I came up with. <laughs> I'm trying to find a picture of your teeth now. Uh, good luck. I found one. Your teeth look fine. What are you talking about? They're not 
a great color. I'll I'll say that. Oh, whitening so, strips, dude. Yeah, I should get some for sure. Everybody uses them. Yeah. I found I All found right. a, I found a picture. I just sent it to you. It's a good one. It's still sending. Oh, okay. I was like, I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> uh. Do you have anything else to add to the chapter? I don't think so. Just, uh, you know, everyone wants to feel important. So why not try to make people feel important? <laughs> That's the picture you sent? That's funny. <laughs> That's a good one, huh? Uh, that, is fu- that is a good one. Yeah, your teeth look fine. Yeah. They look white. Yeah, I mean... It's dark. It's a dark picture. <laughs> anyway, that's not important. My insecurities <laughs> don't matter. I will conquer them. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to add to this chapter. Uh, just drop us a review. That'd be really nice. Give us five stars. I don't know how the rating system works on like Spotify, but if you're listening on that, That'd be cool if you could figure out how to drop us a review. Uh, listen to my other podcast as well, Deeper Thinking. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Good stuff. If your second episode's out, it's out. It's cool. dropped. I have to give it a listen. All um, right. Anyway, we'll be back with part three of how to win friends and influence people, um, and the title of part three is how to win people to your way of thinking. Yeah. I feel like this is definitely going to be the, uh, influencing people section. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, dig into it. So we'll be back with that next time. Yep. Thanks for listening.